You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. I want to invite you to take part in an amazing event that we have coming up. It's part of the Greater Reset Activation which is the people's response to the Great Reset. We're going to be breaking all this stuff down. It's coming up April 24th and 25th, and it's called the Decentralized, Distributed, and Disruptive Tech Summit, or D3 in short. And at this event, which will be streamed online, we invite you to participate. Participation is absolutely free. We are going to be introducing the concept of the first decentralized evolution. We're going to share that concept with the world. Now, this is already something taking place, but we hope to really hone it in and accelerate it. We're going to break all that stuff down. You can find more information about this amazing summit we have coming up at d3techsummit.com. That's d3techsummit.com. Also coming up in May, the 24th through the 29th, we're doing it big. We're going to be bringing you another Greater Reset Activation, the Greater Reset Activation 2. In case you checked out the first one in January 25th through the 29th, it was absolutely incredible. We had over 150,000 people come through the stream. Well, we're doing it again, five days of different topics, amazing, diverse speakers, and a lot of good stuff going on. So in this particular episode, we are going to be exploring the Great Reset. We're going to be exploring the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and I'm going to introduce this concept of the first decentralized evolution, right? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world and the technocracy is just plowing forward at breakneck speed. Technocracy essentially is a system of governance where there's rule by experts or scientific technocrats and there's a lot of surveillance and control. And if we do not step up our game and really push forward and grow the counter economy, grow the the freedom network, grow the freedom cells, grow this first decentralized evolution. You know, I'm really concerned about the future. Now, I am an optimist. Maybe part of the reason why I'm optimist is because I'm actively participating in the creation of my destiny and of the future for my children, right? And I know you are too if you're watching this this broadcast. But there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And as I'm going to point out in today's transmission, the enemies of liberty, these this predatory oligarchical class, some people call them the globalists, some people call them the New World Order. Specifically, we'll be referencing the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation. They are ahead of the game, it would seem. They are advanced in their agenda. They have infected every single government and so many multinational corporations and institutions in society. And we really, we really have our work cut out for us. But as, I, I've, as I've always professed, we have freedom and truth on our side. Living freely, individual sovereignty 
it's all part of the natural order, natural law. It's the default state of mankind is living free, right? And so the enemies of liberty and these technocrats, they have to use deception. They have to use control, deceit, fear in order to pursue their agenda. So, but you know, those are some very powerful things. Fear is a very powerful emotion. And as we'll see, uh, this COVID-19 crisis has really created an environment where people are ready to just go along and go along to get along. All right, well, let's break down some terms, okay? So let's start by talking about the problem a little bit. As we talk about the problem, we'll elucidate some on the solution, okay? And there's all dichotomies and contrasts, right? We have the Great Reset. We have the Greater Reset. We have the Fourth Industrial Revolution. We have the First Decentralized Evolution, right? So the first off, what is the Great Reset? All these people have been talking about it all the time. Perhaps you tuned in as part of the Greater Reset. Um, I shared it there in our Telegram group. I invite everyone to check out the Greater Reset. Go to thegreaterreset.org where you can see information about our big event coming up May 25th through the 29th and the D3 event coming up. But I also invite you to join our newsletter here. We have over 50,000 people and join our Telegram group. There's a, there's 15,000 people on this Telegram channel and a ton of people in this awesome group all sharing information and rocking and rolling. So I invite you to be part of the community. Also, we'll add, uh, for those of you that are tuned in live to this transmission, I'd love your feedback. I'd love to have a conversation with you if you're tuned in on Facebook, on YouTube, on DLive. I think we had a problem with the float transmission. Um, I'd love to uh, to hear from you. And I, I want to formulate this first decentralized evolution. We need your help. We need this to be a community-led effort. We need to really double down. One of the things I want to talk about are some of the barriers and hurdles to growing this decentralized evolution. I'm going to talk about some of my history as a crypto advocate and how you know this cryptocurrency thing, we started off really idealistic and kind of got brought down to earth a little bit, but I still have a lot of hope, but it's going to take us doing some work. So please comment if you are tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and give us a like and a subscribe down there so we can stay in touch. But don't forget to join the newsletter at livefreenow.show for my podcast or join the newsletter at the great thegreaterreset.org. Uh, Chupal here says, or Chiel Upal, they are mostly ahead with the illusion of control. They can quash little rebellions, but when the people in mass stop complying, they lose. That's right. And one of the things that we're hoping to do is provide a foundation, provide a backstop, provide an institution, a social organization, so people can feel more comfortable opting out through technology, through social cohesion, like the Freedom Cell Network. All right. So what is the Great Reset? I'm going to go over to my friend Julianne Romanello's Facebook wall over here. She participated in the first Great Reset, Greater Reset. She really uh, had a great, impactful presentation. And I'm going to be sharing some of the stuff that I learned from her that she learned in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is really mind-blowing. It really helps to illustrate what the Fourth Industrial Revolution is all about. But let's just talk about this reset, this Great Reset that's been underway for quite some time, right? So Time Magazine's been talking about it. This was actually 2009. So this theme has been going on for a while and it's only been brought as the Great Reset more recently, kind of just brought all these disparate pieces together into a cohesive marketing plan, right? Rebuilding a resilient economy for all, Aspen Ideas, Reset. This was after COVID-19. The Great Reset, urban theorist Richard Florida explains why recession is the mother of invention. This is actually from the city of Austin. I'm going to be breaking down this down in more at length Uh Resetting the intelligence economy. This was from like 
2016, I believe, so before COVID-19, but I read through this document from the City of Austin Economic Development Department, and they talk about smart cities and tracking your vehicle so they can aid with traffic, right? And another thing that's really wild about this paradigm and this strategy is that the the World Economic Forum, the oligarchs, the United Nations, Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 21, they always you know, coach it as though, couch it as though it is this great, beautiful thing to help the environment, to help the little guy, the impoverished, right? And some of the aspects of what is taking place with the United Nations, the Great Reset, like there's some things that seem like, wow, this is a good, good idea. Good for you. This sounds great, right? But when you dig a little bit deeper, you see many of these players, many of these actors, the Rockefeller Foundation, especially, they don't have the best interest of the common man at heart. And what I believe the case is, is that we have these oligarchs that have reached a position of power and preeminence and wealth in their life. And now that they have all of the resources they could possibly ever ask for, they want something else. They want control, right? And then there's this megalomaniacal phenomenon that takes place where they start feeling insecure about their position of power. And what if the proletariat or what if the masses have an uprising and, an up, and a revolution? They unseat us, right? And one of the things that I learned early on in my conspiracy research, the conspiratorial view of history, it's my belief that these oligarchs, these puppeteers, they are aiming to create a totalitarian technocratic dictatorship so they can end the cycle of revolutions. I'm a student of history and I like to explore and study history. And I like to view history as like a series and cycle of revolutions and, and uprisings and shifts and evolutions in the relationship between government and the individual or government and the people. And that's how the, the American Revolution, the great revolutions of the liberal period, uh, the 17th, 18th and 19th century England, France, America, great thinkers came out of these periods like John Locke, for example, and all these great new ideas about freedom and prosperity and mobility and equality under the law. Well, the people in power don't like that. They don't like it when people overthrow them and overtake their position, right? And so what they want to do is institute a panopticon surveillance society where just about every single aspect of biology is controlled, tracked, and traced. The fourth industrial revolution, essentially the definition from their own mouth, is the merging of technology and biology, not just human beings, all of biology. In fact, all biodiversity on planet Earth, they want to catalog it, analyze it, track it, trace it, control it. Bill Gates's Microsoft has a planetary computer that they're bringing about. This is what the Global Biodiversity Assessment was all about, part of the Agenda 21, in which they state, in order to maintain the current standard of living, we need to have a population of approximately 1.5 billion, or if we're to maintain the current population, we all need to live as serfs, which is why you see deindustrialization taking place, right? But I digress. That's my theory of the oligarchs. That's what I believe is motivating them. They feel insecure in their positions of power that they have gained generationally. And as such, they want to create an environment where the people are no longer able to rise up because they're so tracked, traced, controlled, downtrodden. Yeah, <laughs> that's a mouthful. All right. So look, the Great Reset, we'll just flip through some of these. 
Australia's great digital reset. It really is a global thing that's taking place. And here's that big Time magazine. People, you know, at the same time, New York Times was calling it a conspiracy theory. Time magazine's rolling out with the Great Reset by Klaus Schwab. He's the head of the World Economic Forum. It's the Klaus Schwab, the fourth industrial revolution. Reset of public education, reset of the financial system, the global governance project, all this crazy stuff. It's all going down and it's going down right now. So essentially, what is the Great Reset? The Great Reset is a marketing plan, essentially, a marketing plan for New World Order 2.0, you might say, where they aim to leverage the COVID-19 crisis Plandemic, pandemic, scamdemic, whatever you have it, a lot of people got really freaked out. Some people died. Some people got sick. People will debate, is there really a virus? Is there not a virus? Is it exomes, Andrew Kaufman, this, that, or the other? Del Bigtree has a different position. At the end of the day, that's not what's relevant right now. What's relevant is that a lot of people were just completely scared out of their minds because of this propaganda campaign. They're freaked out. Lockdowns ensued, economies collapsed, people's entire life and worldview was completely shifted. And what the World Economic Forum is positioning themselves as the great savior hey, things weren't good before. We need a new normal. We don't like the old normal. There wasn't equity, it was inequitable, which is one of the three E's that was brought forward in Agenda 21 environment, economy, and equity, social equity. You'll see it in all the comprehensive plans of any major city. We explored this in the city of Austin when they were rolling out the Austin Comprehensive Plan, the three E's of Agenda 21. They're like, we don't want to go back to the way things were going. It was bad for the environment. We had crazy carbon emissions and climate change. And we had an inequitable situation. So we need to plow forward with a new normal. And the COVID-19 pandemic and crisis is creating an opportunity, right? Never let a good crisis go to waste, like Rahm Emanuel said about the economic collapse. And it wasn't a full-on economic collapse, but the economic crisis 2007, 2008. And so that's what the World Economic Forum is aiming to do. Some of the elements of this Great Reset include resetting the economy and ushering in this concept of stakeholder capitalism, where essentially the values that ought to drive a business, in their opinion, isn't profits and benefiting the shareholders. It is benefiting all of the stakeholders in a given community, which translates essentially to anyone that this business affects. Now, that may seem like, like a noble cause, we don't want to have a factory across the street from a playground or polluting the river down the road, right? But what's taking place here and what the Great Reset is all about is values of these United Nations heads, these tax-exempt foundation heads, these world leaders and opinion influencers. It's their values that they're going to insert into the relationship between individuals and employers, individuals and governments communities, neighborhoods, everyone. They're going to input their values. And they have a very egalitarian, except for them, social equitable, right? They want to make the values that a business pursues equity and benefit for the environment, right? So through this financial and business devolution, I would call it, not an evolution, we are going to see businesses began to have to engage in cap and trade policies where they have a carbon rating, right? And so in order to open up that new factory, the business is going to have to pay A, B, C, D, and E, right? Which is completely ludicrous and ridiculous 
on its face because carbon emissions from human beings are so, so small compared to the carbon that's being emitted from the volcanoes and the oceans. And it's very clear that most climate change is driven by that big old powerful ball of energy that we call the sun. But nonetheless, they want to shift equity, equitable A lot of it has to do with accepting and embracing all these different societal norms and changes and gender roles and uh, equality um, amongst the races, right? And again, a lot of that, we want to accept people in their choices. We want to root out racism, right? But the manner that it's being brought about is one that's more about control rather than about freedom. And I want to point out a great way to improve the human condition is to relax constraints. This was the original ethos of liberalism, the original classical liberalism, back to those 17th and 18th, 19th century revolutions that took place, the classical liberals wanted to ease and relax constraints, the constraints of the old world order, which is very similar to the new world order. You just add technology. The old world order was about serfdom, feudalism, control, despair, divine right of kings. And the classical liberals were like, let's let's actually allow a little bit more freedom. Let's move away from this top-down Uh, surf environment where there's little fiefdoms and you have the merchant class and all the peasants don't have access to anything. They can't own land or capital. And let's start easing up a little bit, right? Having greater mobility, equality under the law, right? And so what these control freaks want to do is they have these laudable ends, but they want to use control in order to bring that about when in reality, the answer is to relax the constraints. So they want to reshape finances, business, the relationship between business and individuals. And it is most definitely not a free market thing, right? It's not free market. It's not freedom. It is not competition. It's not voluntary exchange. It's we know what's best for you and your industry and your business and your employees and your employer. We know what's best and we're going to shove it down your throat. They very much are excited about increasing the relationship between big government and big business. This is very much an element of the public-private partnership, which we also saw iterated in Agenda 21 and the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. In addition, part of that reshaping is a reshaping of the workforce, right? And the COVID-19 just played so perfectly into this agenda that was already predetermined before COVID-19. They want to see people out of the town square. They want to diminish the magic of a human relationship, a human connection, that energy when you're out at a big rally or a concert. Or when you're in the meeting room going toe-to-toe with the stakeholder, with the shareholders or with just having that meeting where everyone's vibing, they want to put everyone behind a computer, right? Which is why for our Greater Reset event, you can bet your bottom dollar we are encouraging in-person community viewing parties. And we're going to be doing a big one in Zihuatanejo, Mexico. We're going to be doing a big one here in Austin, Texas. The D3 Tech Summit will be virtual. And I'm kind of like, damn it, it's virtual. We're still going to encourage watch parties and stuff. But they want to reshape the workforce and bring people out of the office building and into their little office in the computer. Eventually it's all going to be virtual. They want to take things virtual where you have like an alternative reality for your reality. You go to the grocery store to look at things and selections, but you're just ordering it online. It's being shipped to your house. Crazy stuff. Another big part of it is the fourth industrial revolution, which is what we're going to be focusing on today. The fourth industrial revolution revolution. Let me pull up this great article here about the fourth industrial revolution because it really explains explains it pretty well. This of course is from the World Economic Forum. They have a great blog, you know, 
and they got a lot of really good content out there. Don't agree with what it says. Notice there's a drone. That's a big part of it. We started on the brink. We stand on the brink of a technological revolution that will fundamentally alter the way we live, work, and relate to one another. In its scale, scope, and complexity, the transformation will be unlike anything humankind has experienced before. We do not yet know just how it will unfold, but one thing is clear. The response to it must be integrated and comprehensive, involving all stakeholders from the global polity, from the public and private sectors to academia and civil society. You know, that reminds me in the city of Austin and most major cities, they do these like comprehensive planning meetings. They're like, we want to bring together all the stakeholders. And you're like, hey, what about me? I'm a liber- I'm a libertarian. I'm an anarchist. None of this represents me at all. And they just plow on forward. It's, it's, it's called the consensus process or the Delphi technique. What they do, they give the illusion that there's consensus amongst the people when in reality, most people aren't even asked what their position is. Like they, they just reading that they're like, we're going to, this is going to be great. You're going to love it. We're going to do it for you. And you have, you certainly have a say in it. This is what you want, right? Isn't it just like the other headline from the world economic forum, the year is 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and I couldn't be happier. This is all part of their messaging and manipulation. And unfortunately for we, the people, there's so many people that have been so dumbed down and spoon fed total BS nonsense that Anything that they say, they're like, oh, that does sound great. I saw Hillary Clinton promoting it and Joe Biden promoting it and Leonardo DiCaprio was sitting in the front row with Klaus Schwab there. This must be a good thing because I never learned to think for myself in all my years at public school. All right, so it's the fourth industrial revolution, right? So what about the first, which were the first? The first industrial revolution used water and steam to mechanize production. The second used electric power to create mass production. The third used electronics and information technology to automate production. Now a fourth industrial revolution is building on the third, the digital revolution that has been occurring since the middle of the last century. It's characterized by a fusion of technologies that is blurring the lines between digital, physical, digital, biological spheres. Here's what some of the technology, right? Brown, ground baking breakthroughs in fields such as artificial intelligence, robotics, the Internet of Things, autonomous vehicles, 3D printing, nanotechnology, biotechnology, material science, energy storage, and quantum computing. Now, let's just take a look at a little bit of this little video that they got going here because there's something that they say partway through it that I want to share with you. But this is just some of the really great polished propaganda. So we hope to put out videos and content, hopefully to counter some of this stuff. But uh, check it out. Oh, look, we got, it uh, looks like Derek Bros just confirmed Bill Ottman of Mines. Mines.com is participating in D3. And that's excellent news. Thank you so much, Derek, for confirming that. Um, again, that's going to be April 24th and 25th. And again, we're trying to, this is already taking place. The fourth industrial revolution is already taking place organically, right? So too is the first decentralized evolution taking place organically. And a big element of this first decentralized evolution is decentralized, non-hierarchical, non-big tech communication solutions and social media, right? And so one of the things that we're going to be exploring at D3, and we're going to be diving deeper as well on the tech day for the Greater Reset in May, is we're going to talk to these industry heads in the new evolving and new emerging social media that doesn't censor you for sharing criticism of a vaccine or sharing conspiracies about the Great Reset, right? So Thank you so much for announcing that. That's great. We're going to be sharing some of the folks. We have a lot of folks that we're waiting confirmation from. It's really starting to come together. And really the most important people that are going to participate is you 
This is all about activation and getting you involved. And as I'm going to talk about later in this broadcast, I really want us as a community to start thinking and formulating like what is it that we can do in our lives, in our businesses, in our movements, communities, and networks so we can accelerate this first decentralized evolution. Because there's a lot of hurdles and barriers as we will find out. And we really got to pick up the pace so we can compete with this fourth industrial revolution. Okay. All right. So let's check out this video here. It's pretty, (laughs) I'm always impressed with their content and stuff that they put out, but let's check this out. We are wondering what is happening to the world. Everything is changing. The very idea of human being some sort of natural concept is really going to change. Our bodies will be so high-tech, we won't be able to really distinguish between what's natural and what's artificial. Inside our own heads is the most complex arrangement of matter in the known universe. You might ask yourself, can we get to be superhumans? The original Industrial Revolution was driven by the discovery that you could use steam engines to do all kinds of interesting things. But that was followed by additional revolutions for electricity and computers and communications technology. We're now in the early stages of the fourth Industrial Revolution, which is bringing together digital, physical, and biological systems. One of the features of this fourth Industrial Revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing but it changes us. With the ability to visualize brain activity, for example, through a simple consumer-based EEG device, it gives us access to ourselves in ways that we've never before thought possible. It unlocks the black box that is the brain and enables us to um, really, truly be able to uh, realize an identity that is aspirational. There's now a scientific foundation for the effects of mindfulness on the brain, on the genome, on biological aging. And when the human mind does know itself, then you get the potential for a new renaissance that restructures itself in terms of our relationship to life, our relationship to the planet, our relationship to work. We need a different economic model. By that, I don't mean capitalism versus communism. What I'm talking about is a shift in the system along the lines of the two big changes that happened in the 20th century, Keynesianism, with a much greater focus on health and education and the role of government working with business, and then a reaction against that in late century to neoliberalism, where the focus was on free markets, freedom of the individual, and getting governments out of the way. We need a shift to a new system that will allow us to meet the basic needs of every human on the planet, that will live within planetary means, that will be fairer, and that will be focused as its key goal, not on growth per se, but on maximizing human well-being. And history tells us that a value shift is triggered by creation of a new story about how we want to live. It's 
So there you have it. Some really slick, sophisticated propaganda. And I just want to point out that one gentleman talking about the two transformations that took place in the 21st century, right? This Keynesianism that they just, which is like economic interventionism, essentially for this public good. Who defines the public good? I would define the public good as freedom and letting people live their lives according to their own ends, unhindered by government or other people. Right. And then they talk about as a bad thing, this neoliberalism where they wanted free markets and they wanted freedom and individual freedom. This is not what they want. And if you can notice the language, right, it all sounds great. Mindfulness. Yeah, that's great. And we do want a shift in consciousness and a shift in the way human beings relate to one another. Right. We want to shift social organizations. But the way that they're doing it is pre-planned, top down, hierarchical control surveillance and technocratic tyranny and it's all being rolled out and we don't have a say in it even the world economic forum itself is made up of oligarchs and the membership is more than what some people make in a year right and these plans are being dictated and this fourth industrial revolution and this evolution of technology is something that's taken place naturally and organically but it's been accelerated it's been manipulated by the department of defense by darpa the defense advanced research project agency Right. They're the ones that brought about a lot of this technology that Edward Snowden leaked and exposed where you can take audio and you can take written down, analyze it, metadata, algorithms, this, that and the other. Right. And now it's being leveraged and manipulated, this technology in some very frightening ways. A big component of it is the smart cities. Right. Many folks on the Conscious Resistance Network, many folks watching this are familiar with the dangers of 5G technology. There's a lot of research studies that say it's not good for biology, for human beings, right? And then there's some privacy aspects. So you have you usher in this 5G technology that makes information sharing across the internet extremely fast, extremely fast. And the reason why they want this to be so fast is so they can integrate it with their smart cities. A huge part of the fourth industrial revolution is known as the internet of things. I recall seeing this early on with IBM and their fancy commercials and the smart cities in the future, right? This was like 10, 15 years ago. And it was like something that they were marketing and starting to formulate and starting to develop. Well, now it is being implemented and being ushered in. So imagine it like this. Let me just paint a picture of what things are going to be like. Now, I'm a forever optimist. I've always been an optimist, especially since I read this awesome essay by Murray Rothbard called Left, Right, and the Prospects for Liberty, where he points out the case for optimism, if you value liberty, even though things seem despotic and there's so much tyranny and control and police state, surveillance state, we got this great reset stuff all churning, right? When you compare to the way things were before, when you had the divine right of kings, where you couldn't speak out against the government or you would be hung, drawn and quartered in a public square. They would chop your head off or like pull out your entrails and put your head for view to know that you shouldn't speak out. Right? That's how things used to be. Now, there's some areas like North Korea. I don't know if they're that brutal, but they're pretty freaking brutal. North Korea and China and these communist, hardcore, despotic countries. Right. But for the Western world and for most places in the country, relative to the way things were, there's a huge amount of freedom. And what Murray Rothbard pointed out is that now that people have that taste of freedom, they're not going to go back. All right. He talks about the despotism of the old order. As I drew the parallels before, you have the old order, which isn't very different from the new world order. You just added technology. Right. And so I've forever been an optimist. But one thing like this agenda is so advanced 
we may have to seed the smart cities because like I live in the city of Austin. I'm about to buy property on the outskirts of town in a surrounding county, still close enough to be involved with the family and the city. And we do our freedom sales meetings and business. And I get my Kratom shipped in and this, that, and the other. But I don't want to be inside of this control paradigm smart grid. I want to be out in the country. I prefer to be out in the country with some real Texan, rugged individualist cowboys that aren't going to get on to me for not wearing a mask. That ain't going to be snooping all up in my shit that agree that we need to be left alone and we can work together for our common good. Right. But not it's going to be forced on nobody with all these liberal Democrats in the city of Austin. But what I the point that I want to try to make is like. As a realist, I don't know if we can reverse the agenda when it comes to these smart cities. Derek Bros just released a second part. You can find it at thelastamericanvagabond.com, which really goes in detail with these smart cities and this new phenomenon of a city, which is kind of a paradox because there's like Seasteading Institute, free private cities, right? But as I'm going to talk about here shortly, there's so many elements of the fourth industrial revolution and the great reset that infected the blockchain community, the cryptocurrency community. You really got to be cautious about what it is that you're looking for and what it is that you're advocating for. This is why my solution to the Great Reset is not to go toe-to-toe with the bureaucrats and the city government in Austin, which is all bought in with the tax-exempt foundations, the language, Agenda 21, Sustainable Development Goals, Great Reset, but to just get the hell out of the city, form our little agorist enclaves, link up a confederation of intentional communities. That's what I think, because these smart cities are absolutely nuts. Now, check this out. We have blockchain technology. What is blockchain? Well, blockchain was invented by Satoshi Nakamoto, he, she, they, or them, whoever the hell it was, a conglomerate. I don't think it was the NSA or an insider. I think he threw the establishment for a loop, but the establishment is very smart and powerful, and they leverage all this new stuff for their own benefit, right? So we have this blockchain technology. Bitcoin's a decentralized distributed cryptocurrency that maintains a decentralized distributed public ledger. That has all the information about who owns what Bitcoin, who sent it to whom, where and when, at what time, right? Not where, but when, at what time. And this blockchain is a chain of blocks, a series of little blocks, and each one of these blocks maintains a certain amount of information. Well, this blockchain technology, it's great because it's decentralized. It's extremely efficient, but it's also very, 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 very good at collecting data and allowing artificial intelligence, for example, to analyze that data. And so paradoxically, we see that blockchain technology is simultaneously being used in order to control people, in order to surveil people, while at the same time, decentralized blockchain technology is being utilized in order to liberate people. And we're going to get into that with the decentralized first decentralized evolution. But let me just paint a picture and use blockchain as an example of what the fourth industrial revolution ultimately will look like. What they want to do is create a digital identity for everyone that's based on blockchain technology. At birth, when they assign you a social security number, not my kids, they don't have one, uh, they're going to assign some number that'll be tied to a blockchain address, right? And the efficient thing that blockchain allows you to do is send and receive tokens. These tokens can represent a land title. They can represent money. They can represent information. They can be a contract, right? And there's this tokenization of identity that's taking place. We see it taking place in the city of Austin with the program called MyPass that's brought forward by the city of Austin technology group or whatever. 
This is the Great Reset in action where they have tax-exempt foundations that fund hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to public-private partnerships. And they're doing this MyPass thing where they want to do a blockchain digital identity for the homeless population in order to more efficiently dole out public services, right? They want to do this for the entire population. But as I pointed out before, they like to start with poverty and the environment as a means of rolling it out because everyone's like, oh, yeah, poverty is bad. Homeless is bad. Environmental problems are bad. Give me whatever you got because we got a crisis here. That's how it works out. But it always starts like it's a mission creep. It's a con. It's a con man. They gain your confidence. They gain your trust. And then before you know it, your child is growing up in a freaking matrix paradigm with their energy being sucked out of them. And that's not very far from the truth when you look at human capital markets, which I'll talk about here in a second. And so imagine this. You're born. Your parents have filled out all the necessary paperwork, all digital, not filling out paperwork anymore. They've done all the necessary steps. They immediately got you vaccinated at birth. Okay, so you have this blockchain address. Imagine it. Parents get you vaccinated. A token of information gets sent to your address. That information stores your health records and your and your vaccine records. That token now says you've been vaccinated. Right. You go about your life achieving these little tokens and these little rewards. You graduate from a prestigious preschool program. You get a token. Turns out that you were a little bit disruptive in elementary school, getting kicked out of school, going to the principal's office. You get tokens for that too. So they can create a, create uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? So they can create an image. They can create an identity. They can create an information database based on your life so they can know how to deal with you. So they can know how they need to change and administer the, re-education for you so you can be a better serf and servant moving forward into the future. But check out how these tokens can work also. They can also work. There's this whole thing with geospatial. There's a woman, Allison McDowell. She's brilliant. She does wrenchinthegears.com, I believe it is. I always try to get her to collaborate with us and work with us on this stuff because she, more than just about anyone else, understands the fourth industrial revolution, human capital, bond markets, impact investing, all this stuff. But she doesn't want to touch us. She thinks we're lepers because we're into cryptocurrency and blockchain. That's her prerogative, but her research is absolutely incredible and amazing. She talks about this geospatial technology, which is another part of fourth industrial revolution. So imagine in order to enter the shopping mall or in order to use public transportation, huge part of Agenda 21, doing away with the private automobile. There's a lot of freedom that comes with private automobiles, right? When you have drone-driven automobiles, autonomous driving automobiles, or when you have only public transportation, it makes it a lot easier to control you. Check this out. Let's say that your social credit score drops down beneath the 95 level that's necessary. Why did it drop down? Well, because your smart home was keeping track of your carbon emissions. You weren't keeping up with your recycling. You weren't doing your daily volunteer work down with the families that are less well-off than you so we can maintain equity right? And so your credit score dropped beneath a certain level, not to mention you're not up to date on your COVID-19 vaccine because by now we're talking about 20 years in the future. 2030 is their big goal, agenda 2030. By now, you haven't taken the COVID-23 vaccine or the COVID-25 vaccine, all these new iterations and evolutions and mutations that are going to keep us all freaked out over, right? So you go to try to hop on the city bus, but because you don't have the authorization token the green token, a token that says, ding, they're up to date on their vaccines. 
ding, their credit scores over a number 98 so they can get on. You can't go on the public transportation. This is the future. This is the reality that is being rolled out for you and I. And it's up to us to, I don't like to use the word resist, although I will resist. We need to persist. We need to evolve, right? I'm not for revolution, which is revolving series of cycles going back and forth, right? It's evolution. It's evolving, changing, growing, something new, right? Out of the old, we can birth something new out of the old experience. We're not going to forget it. We're going to learn from it so we can't repeat it, right? But this type of tokenization and control paradigm is exactly what's taking place. And it seems far-fetched. If I would have said the same stuff, I did say a lot of the same stuff, but communicating the same stuff five years ago, 10 years ago, it would seem like, holy shit, this guy's a freaking freak. What is he talking about? This is crazy. But now we see the paradigms have changed. After 9-11, the paradigm changed. That's when I had my little awakening and started exploring research in 2002. But you see the same kind of pattern playing out. Crisis, manufactured crisis, problem, reaction, solution. We have the problem, we have the crisis, we have the reaction, which is fear. We have the solution, which is more government, more control, more surveillance, more technological technocracy, right? Now we have COVID-19. Okay, we got a problem, we got a crisis, the reaction is fear, and the solution is rolling out digital immunity certificates that Bill and Melinda Gates talked about and that are now coming to a country near you. It's already being rolled out in the UK, Singapore, China, super early on, and you can bet your bottom dollar it's coming to the United States. The only question is, are they going to require it for only international travel or will they require it for domestic travel as well? This is taking place. That digital immunity certificate is going to start on your smartphone, but eventually it's all going to be tracked and traced and tied through blockchain identity, Internet of Things, artificial intelligence. It's freaking nuts. They're doing a damn good job. Now, I need to save enough time to be optimistic and work on the solution because that's really what my work is all about. That's what Derek's work is all about. Ramiro and I were producing the Greater Reset. It's an activation. The World Economic Forum's meeting April 6th and 7th to discuss their global technology, global governance. What's it called? These freaking jerks here. I should have pointed this out earlier. This is why we're doing this D3. They're having a global technology governance summit, right? Like I said, these clowns are ahead of the curve and we got some ketchup, some squished tomato to do. Same place April 6th and April 7th. But the work that we're doing is to activate you, to inspire you, not to feel overwhelmed. And I tell you what, I understand after what I just shared with you, Um, I can see how it'd be overwhelmed, but the purpose of this research isn't to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole. It's not to inspire you to take these articles and videos and post them in a telegram group either. Although I'd invite you to share this live stream and share the video after the fact, but the reason why we research the problem so in depth is so that we can understand how we can opt out of it, how we can circumvent it, how we can find freedom in an unfree world, like the Harry Brown book. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you one more story about how this is all being brought to fruition. Hopefully it'll light a fire under your rear end to take action, right? Everybody, there's a bunch of people that are watching this live stream right now on YouTube and Facebook. There's a bunch of people on DLive and Float. It's up to each and every one of us. It's not a passive game. It's not a passive sport where you're sitting in the bleachers cheering on one team or the other. You need to take an active role in fulfilling your destiny as a free, beautiful human being. It's up to us. We can't do it alone. We all need to unite, step up. That's what the decentralized evolution is all about. But one last thing, just to underscore and illustrate how real this is and how advanced the Great Reset stuff is, right? It's like, oh, we got this goal for 2030. 
But no, it's already taking place and being rolled out right now very quickly. So there's this concept that I learned from Julianne Romanello, who was a former professor at Tulsa University. And this concept is called the P20 pipeline. So through this story that she shared with me, I learned about P20 pipeline. I learned about pay for success and I learned about impact investing. And it underscored the role that tax exempt foundations play in all of us. All of this, of course, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is absolutely huge with all of this stuff. Okay. So she taught me about the P20 pipeline, which stands for preschool to PhD pipeline. And what that is, is an effort to mold and shape the youth of a given area, in this case, Tulsa, the city in Oklahoma, so that as they age and grow, they are given the education tools and resources so they can more adequately fulfill the industry needs of the fourth industrial revolution, drones, robotics, artificial intelligence, smart cities, internet of things. They want to grow that in Tulsa. And the way that they accelerate this is through something called impact investing and pay for success financing. You have tax exempt foundations, you have big oligarchs, you have big hedge funds, you have big institutions that invest money in the public education system, in the private schools in a given area, in the industry sectors. And what they do is they bring in the hedge funds and they actually create financial markets around impact investing and pay for success. So here's what they do. They say, I'm going to invest $10 million. I'm going to do a long position. Long means you think it's going to be successful and go up in value in the future. Short means you think it's going to fail or go down in value. I'm going to put $20 million in a long position that this P20 pipeline is going to be successful. And when the year 2030 rolls around, there, and where the year 2040 rolls around for the 20-year cycle, there are going to be a sufficient number of people to put Tulsa, Oklahoma on the map when it comes to drone manufacturing and Internet of Things, right? And so now we have, it's already being played out. The taxes and foundations are investing. All of the teachers and the universities and the bureaucrats and the city managers are being trained at these globalist conferences where this stuff is being inculcated, rammed down their throats. And they're like, well, we need to make sure that we're molding and shaping the future and the youth and their minds so that they can have this STEM education and they can learn about science and technology and mathematics and robotics so that in the future, these contracts pan out for these big hedge funds, right? It's a trip. And it's taking place. And here's where the blockchain tick comes in and the Internet of Things and the data, data aggregation and analysis is a huge part of this, right? Lori says she's infuriated. Everything's so infuriated. Infuri oh, everything is so infiltrated. These parasites have the money to just infect everything. They do. And it is infected. But so, too, is the philosophy of liberty, questioning everything being skeptical, coming together, peace and freedom, pulling the kids out of government schools, gardening in the backyard, going to the gun club with your buddies. It's all going down as well. And I encourage you to focus on the beautiful things, even though for 46 minutes, I've been telling you about the problem now. Okay. So P20 pipeline, they want to use blockchain technology, data aggregation to keep tabs on the success of these students as they get older and they can manipulate and change their program. It's like a program that's being played out. So when I learned and pay for success means that these investments and these bets don't get paid out until you have successful outcomes and they use the blockchain technology in order to determine if the outcome is successful because now they have all the data to analyze it and it's a trip. And when I learned about that, I was like, holy crap, this is really an accelerated agenda and we really have our work cut out for us. All right. So 
let's sh- let me just show you this freaking conference coming up. You got everything you need to know about the Global Technology Governance Summit. These guys are slick, sophisticated. They're doing their Davos agenda thing. This one's going to be in Japan. Industry transformation, government transformation, global technology governments, frontier technology. They have an agenda up. There's all sorts of creepy stuff going on in it. Shaping the future of the data economy, synthetic biology. What's another one? Wearable data troves. They're all about linking stuff, injectables, wearables, all being tracked and traced. It's all crazy. Okay, so that's what the fourth industrial revolution is all about in a nutshell. Help, I'm in a nutshell. Now I want to talk about the first decentralized evolution, right? So there's two paths that we can go. There's two tracks that we can go on when it comes to all this new world order conspiracy stuff, right? We can look at it. We can focus on it. We can research it. We can get all pissed off and scared and anxious and overwhelmed, which leads to inaction. And we can just like research it and share it and just feel impotent. Oh, really sucks. Can't believe things are so bad. Man, I'm really worried about the future for my children, right? That's one path. And sometimes an overload of information can lead to inaction and overwhelm. But what we want to do with the Greater Reset is we want to remind you of how much of a badass you are. We want you to realize that you are an infinitely powerful vessel for change and for good. And that the cause of freedom, peace, prosperity, and privacy is the natural state of things. But as human beings, we've lost our way thanks to indoctrination, deception, and control and manipulation. And so all we need to do is find our way again and step into our power. And if we can do that, if enough of us can do that, if enough of us can take this so seriously that we dedicate a considerable amount of our life to this work, then we can shift the tide. And if we don't shift the tide wholeheartedly, big picture scale, like the smart cities, we can at least carve out a little piece of sovereignty in this world where we can raise future generations, not in some blockchain-based, mark-of-the-beast, top-down, control, hierarchical, pyramid society, but free, beautiful human beings frolicking together after their little homeschool course, studying the trivium and growing their food, right? So that's where the first decentralized evolution comes in. So a lot of this fourth industrial revolution stuff is coming about organically, but it's also being accelerated and manipulated by the oligarchs and the control paradigms. Well, the first decentralized evolution has to do with technology like encryption, right? Like the connection, the connectivity that comes from the internet. Internet's still a relatively new phenomenon in the course of history. And before the internet, information was almost entirely controlled. Think about the church before the printing press came about. It was like the Catholic church and the churches were like, this is how everything works and you got to give us money in order to be forgiven by God, right? And then it's like, well, let's actually print the Bible. People couldn't read. Knowledge expanded. Intelligence expanded. People started learning to read. And they're like, wait a second, that's not what it says. And there's like revolutions fought over all this crazy stuff, right? But even the information and the news and the stories, it all came from the local paper and whatever was in there was all just yellow journalism and BS and remember the main and more manipulation. Then the internet came about 
whether it's Al Gore, right, or the Defense Department or whoever the hell ultimately invented it, it created an environment, an opportunity where people can connect, where people can circumvent that top-down single channel of information. And with that, we had the advent of the alternative media. Very beautiful thing. Very, very beautiful thing. And now we have a means of researching, of sharing information, of connecting with other human beings that we never before had in the history of civilization. This has led to revolutions. Remember all the color revolutions and revolutions taking place in Tanzania and the Middle East and Egypt and Ukraine and all that stuff? It's led to this kind of paradox where people are like behind the screen losing human connection in some ways, but they're able to keep up with family members in another city or another state or another country. They're able to stay in touch with folks they went to school with, for example. It's a paradox. It's a tool. It's all about how we use this tool. Same thing with a gun. Same thing with blockchain technology. But even still, and so the the internet represents this kind of distributed technology that anyone can take a ride on the World Wide Web, right? People still call it the World Wide Web. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm old or whatever, but I've been around since we had 14.4 kbps modems that would go and like your mom picks up the phone. You're like, oh, mom, I was on my AOL session, instant messenger. So this is a very beautiful, hopeful opportunity, right? And with the internet came all sorts of new technologies. There was also the invention of encryption technology. Right. Which is like we want to hold it close to our chest, the Department of Defense, but the cat is out of the bag. And now we have technology that allows us to communicate privately. Right. You got matrix element signal, all this great stuff. This is all part of the first decentralized evolution with the advent of cryptocurrency. Our path accelerated immensely because cryptocurrency was an invitation, an invention of a decentralized technology, a technology where individuals could exchange value in the form of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. They could exchange value. They could exchange information. They could put information on a blockchain in an immutable fashion such that it cannot be censored. That is a really freaking big deal, especially when we see big tech players like YouTube of which, let me show you something real quick. Take a look at who's going to be participating in the little agenda thingy, Jangy, in our Global Technology Governance Summit. Who do you think is going to be participating with the World Economic Forum? Let us see. Ah, Susan Wajiki, or whatever the hell her name is, the Chief Executive Officer of YouTube, Memory Hole herself. She will be at this Global Technology Governance Summit. So we have technologies, and with the advent of blockchain, we have decentralized technologies that can't be stopped, and it's such a paradox. I want to do an entire episode on it, how blockchain is simultaneously creating tools for oligarchs and technocrats to control people, while on the flip side, it's creating an opportunity for people to liberate themselves financially and information. We have people that post information on Facebook and YouTube. That information gets censored. Well, we have other platforms like Library also known as Odyssey, which is a decentralized distributed blockchain video platform that allows you to upload information to the internet and distributes it in a bunch of different pieces all around the world on these different nodes, and that information can't be pulled down, right? So 
early on we had controlled information then we had free information and then it was like holy shit these people are learning about our agenda we need to crack down on them you got the zuckerbergs the youtubes the alphabet incorporated started pressing crushing de- suppressing dissent right jack dorsey of twitter especially but now we see this new emergence because of this decentralized evolution that's taking place it's a very beautiful thing now we have monero a privacy cryptocurrency, a private cryptocurrency. So you simultaneously have this mark of the beast system that's being put forward where if you don't have the right credit score, if you haven't received your COVID immunity vaccine or green light or whatever the hell, then you can't do business. That's what the mark of the beast was all about, right? You had to have permission from the beast system, which is the freaking global government in order to engage in commerce. Right. So simultaneously, they're going to be using blockchain technology to create a global digital currency. There's going to be multiple central bank digital currencies. Right. But we'll still have unstoppable, uncorruptible. Who knows what the future holds and this stuff could be hacked and cracked. But for the time being and for the foreseeable future, we have private cryptocurrencies like Monero that will enable people to still conduct business through the counter economy. And it's entirely private. Who sent, who received is entirely obfuscated. You just can't know it. And that's a very beautiful thing. And it's so damn private that the IRS is offering big bounties to hackers to try to crack the encryption and the algorithms in Monero. Very beautiful thing, right? And so we see coming into being the first decentralized evolution. And it's not just a decentralized technology thing, right? We see decentralized food production systems. We see aquaponics. We see local resilient food networks coming into being, right? We see these shipping containers where you're growing aquaponics food and it's off the grid with a solar panel. That's a very beautiful thing. It's shifting away from the centralized food production systems brought to you by none other than the Rockefeller Foundation who completely destroyed the soil, right? We see decentralized food production systems. Something that I'm extremely excited about are social Governance technologies. I don't like to use the word government or govern because the root of that means to rule over, but social organization. We're human animals. We're human. We have human relationships. We have connections with one another. People are so dependent on this top-down hierarchical system of organization because they've been indoctrinated from youth to worship the flag and to worship the presidents. But we see a new paradigm coming into being, a first decentralized evolution where we can have decentralized systems of social organization where consensus mechanisms are in place so decisions can be reached by a large number of people so they can pool their collective resources and their collective power to pursue a common goal. That's a very beautiful thing. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with the Freedom Cell Network, freedomcells.org. There's applications to merge the decentralized technology with the human beings that are all congregating and working together to create a decentralized autonomous organization. There's no bank account. There's no corporate executive. There's no government. There's no bureaucrat. It's all decentralized, distributed, unstoppable technology, which raises a great question that Michael Pierce brought up here. How do you stop the government from making digital currency illegal to use? Well, you don't. I don't know that we can stop the governments from doing things, but there's this awesome phenomenon that takes place, which I really happen to appreciate, right? We simultaneously see governments clowning and crapping on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, but we see elite hedge funds, grayscale, micro strategy, 
Tesla investing in cryptocurrency also. So now we have a phenomenon where it's not just the internet money. You can buy drugs on Silk Road. Shout out Ross Ulbricht, hero. But now we have big money to the tune of trillion dollar market cap. We have big money, hundreds of billions of dollars being invested. So the same oligarchs that have massive influence with the government now are invested in Bitcoin. But here's the thing. I always contended this when it comes to Bitcoin. We now have at least a choice, right? We can't be naive about the fact that we live in a world where there's a predatory class and a predatory government that wants to control just about every aspect of our lives. And now we have the technology coming into being through the fourth industrial revolution that will really, you know, intensify their ability to do that. But before you either had cash or gold, which can be confiscated easily. You had your money in a bank account, which could be backdoored with the IRS. They could seize wages, garnish wages, all this stuff. They, you have PayPal. I, I got my PayPal account shut down. My Square account shut down for the act of selling Kratom, a legal plant, right? Legal plant, illegal in six states. But now we have this decentralized technology where at least you have the choice whether or not you're going to comply with their edicts. And that's a new phenomenon. You could have the gold in the safe, but they can bust your door down and take the gold from you. They can say, listen up, we're shutting you down. You've amassed this wealth and you're no longer able to do business because your credit score is a freaking 93. It needs to be 112. So you need to turn over all your currency. And you could say, you know what? You can kiss my ass. That shit's encrypted. And I ain't telling you the password. Now, mind you, in this current state, they can take you before a judge and the judge can say, listen up, boy, you better tell me that password or I'm going to hold you in contempt of court. And even though they can coerce you and threaten to take away your physical freedom, you can still say, you know what? I stand by what I said before. You can kiss my ass. That shit's encrypted. So it's a very beautiful thing. And here's what we got to do. We have to shift the strategy, we have to shift the thinking, right? Even though I started off with 45 minutes of the problem, I want to strongly encourage everyone to focus on the solution, to focus on the freedom that we do enjoy in our lives. Mind you, a significant portion, a vast majority of every single human action that you take in your life is taken of your own free will and of your own accord. It's not a control thing, right? So there's perspectives. I've done a lot of work when it comes to self-improvement, growth, Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, all this crazy stuff. My latest guru is this guy named Grant Cardone with the 10X movement. And because I'm an activist at heart, as an activist before I was an entrepreneur and in all the success philosophy, I have learned to merge the success philosophy with the activism in an effort to empower you, each and every one of you, to realize your true power, that you are infinitely powerful, beautiful, free human beings like Derek Bros says. And we can unite when we can organize, when we can get on the same page, we really are a force to be reckoned with because there are so many more of us than there are of them. Now, mind you, the oligarchs, the predator class, the bureaucrats, the law enforcement class, the enforcement class, which sometimes goes on the side of the people, that's a very, very small number. Very itty bitty bitty. Ooh, little itty bitty number of people, little powerful, weak people that think they're better than everybody and they're so insecure that they want to control you. Little itty bitty number of people. But the good bulk of humankind and the masses, right? The masses, as Plato called them, the masses as they were identified in the 
in Isaiah's job, this awesome essay about Albert J. Nock. The masses, they go along to get along. Most of them are bought into this paradigm, freaked out about COVID-19, right? And here we are, the agorists, the radical innovators and entrepreneurs, the voluntarists, small L libertarians, the permaculturists, the new agers, the yoga people. We're like right here, the solar punks. And we're like, holy shit, it seems like we're all alone and we have no power. But that's not the case. Nothing could be further from the truth because we have the truth on our side and we have the message that if people hear it with an open mind, we can totally blow their minds wide open and they could be like, holy shit, I've been living in an eternal slumber for my entire life, inculcated from youth, indoctrinated by the government, indoctrinated by my parents who were also bought into this social conditioning and programming. And now I see the light, right? And we just got to realize that. And we have to realize how we can manifest what it is that we want. So I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to focus on the solution, on the the future, right? And again, we have people like Michael Pierce, who's like the people who rule us have armies with big guns and places to put us. Well, you know what? Yeah, Captain Obvious, this is all true. Yes, we live in a crazy society where evil people have managed to take positions of power. They're holding on to those positions with their dear life. They're eradicating and eliminating threats. But God damn it, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. So strap up and let's join this evolution, right? What, what's your point, Michael Pierce? Yes, there's people who rule us who have armies and big guns and places to put us. What are you advocating for? Therefore, do nothing. Is that what you're going at? Because I always talk about this stuff, Freedom Cell Network, 20,000 people participating, cryptocurrency, radical liberation, everything's changing for the better. Things are getting good. And everyone's like, well, what if they take all the Freedom Cell people and put their name on a list? And I'm like, God damn it, if we're all on a list, then there is no list. Let's be the cool kids and get on the list. And if there's enough of us, then they'll think twice before they go round up every single one of us. And at the end of the day, Michael Pierce, I don't know if you have children or not. But I do have children. I'm not just in this fight for myself. I'm in this fight for future generations, for seven generations, as Derek Bros says. So, again, the mindset that people have is one of defeatism and one of impotence. And I want to challenge each and every one of you that's tuned into this transmission and that's watching after the fact. I want to challenge you to step into a position and a place of power within your mind because that's where it starts. And when you can accept the fact and understand the truth, that you are a badass that has the ability to change the course of history for the better, when you can realize that, then you can begin to do it. But it all starts with that understanding. And if you spend all your time focused on the armies here and the government's going to control that and the fear here and Klaus Schwab's just such a strong man who's so ahead of the curve, if that's what your focus is on, then that's going to be your reality. But that's not what I choose to focus on. I choose to focus on the beauty, the harmony, and the freedom that's inherent in everyday life. And I live as a free human being. And I recognize not I'm not a naive person. I know that there's a lot of 
dastardly, treacherous things taking place. And I know that we have the odds stacked against us because this technology is rolling out at breakneck speed. But just as I was before reading the Murray Rothbard Left, Right, and the Prospects for Liberty, just as I was then, so too am I optimistic now. Because not only do we have the message, not only do we have truth on our side, but freedom is the natural state of mankind. And once we recognize that and organize ourselves, get out of a place of impotence and become empowered and leverage the technology available to us through the first decentralized evolution. Once we do that, there's no stopping us. All right. So I want to thank you for tuning into the program today. Today, I introduced you to an awesome event that's taking place coming up on April 24th and 25th, the Decentralized, Distributed, and Disruptive Technology Summit d3techsummit.com d3techsummit.com we have a diverse group of speakers that are going to be presenting on the topics of privacy the private acquisition of cryptocurrency decentralized food production systems decentralized social media sensorless social media we're going to hear from industry leaders we're going to hear from innovators and we hope to present to the world the idea of the first decentralized evolution we're going to explore and study the barriers to the success of this phenomenon and we are going to encourage you to take part and be an active participant in the future of mankind if we can do that we got this guys also coming up may 24th through the 29th the greater reset activation 2 you can find out about both events at thegreaterreset.org thegreaterreset.org thank you so much for tuning in peace out 